Hello, and welcome to the podcast. <laughs> this is Samuel talking and introducing the podcast because Joshua's mouth is full of uh, Swedish les godis. I can't uh, talk. There's too much candy in my mouth. <laughs> but I decided it'd be a really fun time to start the podcast again from our wine break. Yeah, let me wash it down with some wine here. Perfect. I can talk. And we're back. But you yes. mind if we uh, do a quick warm-up quickly? Um... <laughs> I think we can skip it. All right. Um, but yeah, so we left off from talking about Florence. And, yeah, um... heading south towards the Amalfi Coast. On the route, however, we decided to kind of make the most of it. And there's something called the Autostrad, which is the, it's like the Autobahn of Italy. But it's a lot more expensive. I mean, it's a hundred times more expensive because the Autobahn is free. Yeah. And we thought it would be better to drive on the small roads through Tuscany. And Samuel had happened to watch this YouTube video. Um, what's the guy's name? Dave or Kevin or something? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Dave's, I don't know, traveling or something. Um, told him about this place called Sam Ch- Chimichanga. It's no. actually called San Gimignano. <laughs> it's kind of hard to say. say. So we're going to call it San Chimichanga. Yeah. That's what we, we've been calling it. I have very mixed feelings about San Chimichanga. It's beautiful. Very nice. It's right this, in the heart of Tus- Tuscany. These This village built on a hill with, what, like eight or nine towers protruding mm-hmm. from it. And it was, there's a big history about the families there. Uh the richest families trying to like compete each other who could have the tallest tower. So there's all these tall towers, like a couple hundred yeah. meters tall or like a hundred or 200 meters tall, but still big. But when we got there, our first uh, natural instinct was to take a drone shot kind of from outside the city, just make sure no one was watching us and from a discreet place. So I set up the drone and I took off and I have to admit I was getting a bit greedy. Yeah, the sometimes sh- Joshua gets a bit greedy with drone shots. The shots like, are the just shots are so nice. And he just wants them to be better and better and better. I, you know, sometimes you just need to let them, the- yeah, it gets a bit too far away for comfort. This time was too far. This time was too far because, excuse me, because, uh, well, when I pressed stop recording the drone was i don't know five or six hundred meters away pretty far away and over the city with all the stone buildings and when i stopped pressing play the connection just disappeared entirely and oh my god it was far enough you couldn't see it it was very far man the panic that i felt was unbelievable Immediately, well, we tried to get the controller to reconnect, but it just wouldn't. It just would not reconnect to the drone. So we had no idea where it was or anything. All that we knew was its final point, because on the map, there's like a map last associated. Yeah, the last seen location you can see. So I ran so Fast. I know it was like 35 degrees outside. Hot, bright sunshine, and it was all uphill for like, I don't know, probably almost a kilometer. 
mm-hmm. um, into the middle of the city, and I I started just looking everywhere I could, and it was right over the oldest part of the town, and by the time Samuel caught up to me, I was almost climbing onto a rooftop. I'd broken into a courtyard, a private courtyard, and I was at the top of someone's staircase about, like, ready to get onto the roof to try to get it. But um, Samuel, well, he looked for a while, too, and then he thought, well, let's check back where we took off just in case. I mean, keep in mind that we're running this entire time in such a panic. And so I sprinted back, and wow, the most beautiful sight. Mm-hmm. Ferrari, Enzo, lying calm as a butterfly Yeah, where, in the where grass. Yeah, we took off. Because uh, we should have realized earlier, but the drone has a setting where if it disconnects, it flies back to home. But we did wait for a bit, and we thought, I guess we did think of that, and we never saw it coming back, but the drone flies really high up and then flies back, yeah, so it doesn't hit any instruction. Yeah, first instinct is to dry, fly up like 200 meters mm-hmm. and then return to So home. we must have left as it was like almost back but I mean, we stayed it was so stressful it was such a weird start to this just stressful start to the city so we did not really enjoy San Jimichanga, San Jimijano but uh, we still I think I enjoyed it more than you I mean I enjoyed it, it was just like man what a stress and then that I was flying the drone, I mean terrible, terrible feeling yeah, but we um yeah, I th- I had a good time there. There was it was good gelato and um, there were two it, it was, stores it was a really beautiful next city. In, there were two gelato stores that both said world's best gelato on them, just for like different years of some competition. And I don't know, it was very good gelato, but I don't think it was the best of the entire trip. For me, it was the second best after Rome. I like the one in Florence a lot. Mm. We had a lot of gelato. Yeah, we've had a lot of gelato. Um, but then we yeah, we continued, and we actually parked just outside of Rome that night, just because that was as far as we got. Um, yeah, nothing special to say. Kind of near the airport. Just a place up, to sleep. Yeah, by by the ocean. There was a bit of a club going there now that I remember. Oh yeah, I forgot. We were like right at the water by the airport, um, by a marina. It was like this bar. loud place, yeah. And there was this bar there, definitely a dive bar. It was like pretty trashy. <laughs> anyway, it was like two in the morning, and we're trying to sleep. It was so hot that we had to sleep with our windows like open. And we hear the we hear the the uh, DJ at the club and. We just have to assume there's no one at this club. There's probably, like, a few people, you Maybe know, 10 at the most. People that are staying over because they're so drunk. It and was not the spot of a really hot bar. And with this loud, like, pulsing, like, booms, 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 <laughs> yeah. booms, And he booms, was like, booms, he was like, booms. he was like, can I get an A-O? <laughs> he was like, he was like, can I get an A-O? And, like, anyway, um, it was so late at night. We're trying to sleep, so... We'd uh, just like, gone to bed when the DJ started, yeah. like, trying to get the audience to chant with him. Yeah, and I remember us, we were singing along in the van, <laughs> like, kind of as a joke. Yeah, well, we're lying there, I'm on the floor, and we're, like, trying to go to sleep. We're both quiet, and then we hear outside, booms, booms, booms. <laughs> yeah. Can I get a A-O? And then, 
both of us at the same time we're like, like hey. Hey. <laughs> he just went on and on and on and on oh and we started joking like okay everybody who wants to go to bed they're trying to sleep in a van but they they don't want to go to bed come on out here give me an hey <laughs> yeah that was a I don't know. Maybe he stayed up all night. I don't know. We fell asleep pretty promptly after that. Yeah. We got a bit of energy out of ourselves singing along and then mm-hmm. hit the hay. The next day, however, we got a rude awakening to Italian drivers heading down towards Naples and the Amalfi. Oh, man. The worst. We read online that they did a poll in Europe of which European country, which people are the worst drivers. And I think it was something like 70% of people in Europe said Italians. And then when they did the same poll in Italy, they said something like 85 of them agreed that Italians are the worst drivers in the world. Yeah. Particularly in the South. In Naples, where we were driving. <laughs> Not on the Autostrad. The Autostrad was fine. It was the side roads because no one, like all the locals didn't want to pay tolls. So they took the roads we took. Oh my God. We've, we've kind of realized Italians love driving, but Italians hate driving with other people on the road. The problem is there's always other people on the road. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. They literally drive like they're racing. It's, it's a game of chicken. Every time you come to a roundabout or someone's merging it's it literally comes down to like inches where the person's like I'm not moving are you moving and you're thinking like I should probably move but like I don't know you're being pretty aggressive and <laughs> the whole driving is just it's just people cutting you off um it it's awful we were it, lucky to have a big shitty car no offense george you're a great car really great but he looks like beat up from the outside more or less more beat up than a porsche or something yeah but you'll be driving down the road where there's your lane going one way and then oncoming traffic in the other lane and there will be a lineup of cars in front of you for a kilometer it's it's traffic and then all of a sudden the person behind you the naples driver pulls out into oncoming traffic and just starts passing people. But the thing is, in Naples, they don't return to your lane. They stay in the oncoming traffic lane. And so the oncoming traffic quite literally needs to drive up onto the sidewalk to avoid a head-on collision. But it's normal for them. They don't even honk. It's like, okay, I'm going on the shoulder now. It's unbelievable. Like, we, we also read there's... Or do you have it pulled up here? Yeah, I have a... I, I had to think that this was, like, the worst drivers in Europe, so I googled um, Naples bad drivers, and I found a bunch of posts immediately about how Naples are bad, or the Napoli people are bad drivers. Anyway, here's a few quotes from some of the forums. Um, The first and only rule of Italian drivers is do not hit anything that's in front of you. And then it goes on to say the corollaries to this to this first rule of not hitting anybody in front of you. <coughs> there are no other <laughs> rules. This means that quaint American rules like always stop at stoplights, stay in your lane, don't drive on the shoulder or the sidewalk, stop for pedestrians, 
don't drive in reverse on the highway don't apply to anyone as long as you don't hit anyone. <laughs> we saw all of these. And um, <coughs> they, it, pretty much it comes down to you do not own the space around you or your car is what they say. When cars use this space, it's it's not as someone cutting you off. It's them thinking, no accident, no problem. And reading that was such a good way to think about it. Because Real eye-opener. They really just, they drive like, you know, they cut you off. But you didn't get in an accident. Is your car dented? No. So, what are you complaining about? It's no accident, no problem. And it's the worst. We, it's we've so heard awful. that in, in Naples, there's actually two rules on the road. The first rule, obviously, is never, ever drive through a green light. Of course. Always wait for it to turn red. <laughs> yeah. The second rule is no accident, no problem. Yeah. Those are the rules. That's it. And it really is like that. It's the worst. I don't know how you, you drove most of the way, but... It was, I don't know how you got scary. I mean, you know, honestly, after about two hours, you just get used to the reckless driving and you get this like arrogant confidence where you're like, yeah, hit me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. See how you like it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But that night we, uh, we met our first Prego man. Our first Prego man. Yeah. They're quite famous in Italy, according to the American forums. But, uh, yeah, so prego men, prego is an interesting word in Italian because it means prego, like when you say thank you, it means you're welcome, but also when you're showing someone to a seat or, um, like hospitality in general, they go prego, like, uh, you're welcome for the seat almost. It's like a nice way to say, here you go. Um, but in terms of parking, we were looking for like a free place to park for the night close to a beach. And uh, to have our first beach day. And uh, we come to this one and this guy comes up to us smoking a cigarette and drinking a beer in, in like a greasy tank top. And he goes, oh, prego, 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 prego. And he guides you to a spot. But the problem is, once they get you to a spot, they expect money from you because they were gracious enough to take you to a spot. Keep in even mind, though, this is a free parking lot. Yeah, even though, yeah, free parking lot and... It's pretty obvious where the spots are, but they get you so early in the parking lot that when if you say yes, it's too late. And they you get to... you at your weakest. You're hot and sweaty. You're kind of stressed about parking. You're, and they, you're and they go, pretty go, and you go, oh, thank you. Wow, this is fantastic. And then you roll down your window, and they go, three euros. <laughs> and the problem is, prego men, that's what, that's what they're dubbed, um, they... They ask for three euros. It's not much, but it's kind of a pain, especially if you don't have cash. Yeah. And if you don't, then they are known for getting their friends to come in and bash in your windows. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of have to pay these men. Especially if you're living in your van, too. Yeah, and they're so pushy. And they, like, we woke up, uh, we ended up spending the night there and had a good time at the beach. But we woke up the next morning, we're having breakfast. And he comes up to our, like, doors that are open and he just starts talking to us and uh, just being in our faces. And we're like, we already paid you for this free parking spot. Go away. And uh, Joshua looks at him. And, and sometimes Joshua's very upfront. <laughs> and uh, and he just goes, Arrivederci, Arrivederci. 
And was just like, goodbye, and just shuts the door on him. And he left us alone after Yeah, that. he left us alone. He was like, you know, I got all the money I'm getting out of these guys. Yeah. He... And when we arrived, we didn't know about Prego Men. It was kind of a surprise. But we didn't know if he, like, it wasn't clear if he worked there or not. And it became very clear to us that he didn't work there. Well, the beer should have been the obvious part. <laughs> yeah. But when he asked for three euros, I went into my wallet, and I had, like, one euro ninety five cents. I was like, "This is all I have." He's like, "It's fine. It's perfect." <laughs> it's fine. Good, and he, good. he was like totally happy with it. I was like, "Oh, you asshole! You don't work yeah. here. <laughs> you just wanted my money." Oh, um, but we were uh, quite wary of any prego men after that. We dealt with any more pretty hastily. We just rolled up our windows. A river there, chi. A river there, chi. And yeah, got out of there. Prego men. But, uh, yeah, we had a very nice beach that beach day there. First just beach day, yeah. North of Naples. We had to pay for this stupid umbrella and chairs, but other than that, it was really yeah, nice. Yeah, it's kind of expensive to pay for, like... So there, it's, like, private beaches where 75% of the beach has a small, like, picket fence around it or even a rope, and then all these sun chairs and umbrellas. And then there's a tiny area of the beach at the very end in the this shittiest the part, part the beach, yeah, yeah. yeah, that is just, um, that's free. But the chairs, they cost like 15 euros each or something like that Ridiculous. in some places. But it, it feels weird that they're allowed to own part a of a beautiful beach. coastline. And it, it was very prevalent yeah. there. Everywhere had these massive sun chairs and stuff. We we ended up paying for them because we didn't really know too much about the free beaches, but in and I think at that first spot it was just five euros each, or no seven euros each. We were kind of annoyed yeah. about that because we weren't expecting it to be so much, but in other places they wanted yeah fifteen or twenty euros for a chair. Yeah, um, but we ended up getting back on the road and heading down to um, the Malfi. Yeah, to um, Sorrento and Positano. And that's where uh, Salvatore lives, my friend from the Camino. Um, we had wanted to also meet up with Marco, but he was out working on a boat in the middle of the Mediterranean. Um, so I was just happy to get to see one of the two of them, at least. And uh, Salvatore, because it's the summer season and he's uh, a captain on a boat that gives tours, he's working all the time, seven days a week, all day, like 12, 14 hours. And uh, we we arrived just outside Positano on this tiny, tiny road with the shitty drivers, probably at 10 or 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I, I think, think so. it was about 9. And uh, Salvatore, we saw him drive by on his electric bicycle. And it was kind of fun because... Immediately when I saw him, we weren't expecting him to drive past. I recognized him the moment I saw him, even with the helmet on and going fast on an electric bicycle. And um, so we found a place to s- stop, and we had a beer with him and some sandwiches for dinner, and really nice time. Yeah, it was really nice. He's um, a really nice guy. Yeah. Unfortunately, we only got to spend maybe two hours with him or an hour and a half or something mm-hmm. before he had to go. Um, but it was still, you know, better something than nothing. He's also building a camper van, so hopefully he finishes that soon and maybe I can meet up with him somewhere. Mm-hmm. 
but the next day, uh, well, we camped uh, just on this, along the Amalfi Coast, there's just one road that goes up along the cliffs, really high up. Yeah. And super thin road, but there's free parking on it, or parts of it at least. So we parked just outside of Positano, and we decided to not go explore the city on our first day, but to instead drive down along the coast, along the entire Amalfi, or far along it. What did you think? Well, there was a lot of traffic. It, it's such a popular place to be. you got to go by boat or by, like, on foot bus or something because... Or Vespa. Or Vespa, because it we were in traffic pretty much the whole day. It wasn't a waste of a day because of the amazing spot we found later, but it felt like it when I was in the car. It was just, we were just bumper to bumper all day along this coast. We were seeing all these amazing views, but couldn't actually enjoy them. And stressful, too, because the cars were... It's such bad drivers, and it's such tight roads and everything. And people bring their, you know... Their Audis and their Porsches, their Aston Martins, their Ferraris on this road. And meanwhile, there is maybe 10 centimeters clearance total when there's two cars driving side by side. Yeah, so they're all like getting angry at you and <laughs> it's stressful. But we ended up finding this like beautiful beach in this like tall cliff, um, cliff-sided cove. Um, we ended up spending our kind of afternoon there and it was so hot and the car doesn't have AC. So we were just so excited to just have like a couple of like swims and it totally brightened our mood. Yeah. It was very um, nice. We've been kind of a lot of bickering that day at each other. Just the long day of driving, stressful driving, hot, no AC, m not moving. So there's not, or, you know, we're in traffic, so there's no airflow through the car. Yeah. It was kind of rough. Yeah. But we ended up having a good day at the end of the day and then head back to the car. And um, then, yeah. well, no, we were in the car. And then we went and parked the car. And we found, it was a bit further away, but what seemed like a great parking spot under this beautiful tree with these flowers on it. Yeah. And we walked into town, and we had a great day. Like, uh, we had a beach day at this beautiful pebble beach, and we found this amazing secret cave with a, with a really cool um, underground staircase. It's like a secret entrance, kind of. Uh, I don't know if you watch Game of Thrones, but um, it was almost like... Uh, yeah, it was just like a secret entrance in this like cool cave in, in the port, and... Uh, that was amazing. I, I felt my first moment of, um, you know, you're on vacation and you're traveling and everything, but I don't know, for some reason for me, that was my first moment in that cave of serenity and um, feeling like real calmness with the, with the trip. And that was a really special moment for me. Um, it was very cool. This cave it was built underneath kind of a tower fortress. That's like kind of a, a protection of the coast or something, or it was. But at the very back of this cave, there was a stairwell carved into the back wall that led up to this That's what tower. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was like the secret entrance almost. Yeah. Um, And then we went shopping a little bit and uh, headed back to the van. Uh, this is kind of like evening time at this... Or, you know, it was like, yeah, like late afternoon, evening. 
Anyway, we get up there, open up the van doors, Josh is doing his own thing in the back. Keep in mind, this and tree is above us. Yeah. Hint, hint, foreshadowing. Yeah, and I open the door, and I'm inside, and then I kind of realize, uh, you know, at the side of my view, there's like thousands, I'm talking thousands of ants in the in the sink on the, all our food and on the floor. It was mayhem. So apparently what happened was when we closed the door, we were parked under this tree and a few branches got stuck in like the window and the door. Um, not like sticking in a lot, but like just enough. And these ants made their way in. I guess there was a huge ant colony on this tree. And we just, oh my God, it was hot. We just came up this big hill and there was just ants freaking everywhere. So I spent about... Um, Two hours, maybe. Probably two hours, just spraying vinegar and water at them, just killing hordes of ants that were getting our dashboard. It would um, not be an exaggeration to call it a war between Samuel and the ants. I Yeah, I had a war with them. It, I was killing... I was killing hundreds thousands of ants. Yeah. And everywhere, too. Everywhere I look, I'm like, oh, here's another spot where they're... they're oh, they I just found another there. 300 yeah, right they were like here. They were literally under the hood on the front lights. They were... On all doors. In the rubber between the, like, window oh screens. Oh, God, there were so many freaking ants. They loved this van. Anyway, um, that was, like, it was mayhem. You it, killed, like, easy, I would say 95% that night. A lot. But we mostly solved the ant problem. Although they were kind of a recurring nightmare for maybe three days afterwards. Yeah. It... And then we ended up, yeah, well, we got some of the spray and everything after a few days, but yeah, we had to sleep on the floor with some ants on us, to be honest with you. Yeah. It was like... It was a good thing we were tired. Yeah, yeah. We did, we, it, was, it was more of the heat that was getting to us, but the ants were just like, things were really building up in the van. Like, we were kind of bickering more, and because it was so hot, we were in this busy coast. Now there's ants everywhere. We, it, tensions were, were building a little bit. Even if I was alone, I would be, you know... And we thought it was hot, but we had no idea what was coming in for us for the next two days, three yeah. days, four days even, but especially the next two, because we left the Amalfi and drove north towards Pompeii, where we had the hottest temperature of the entire trip. It was probably, we know it was 42 but probably approached 45 at the peak of the day. It was brutal. But we're going to dive into that in the next episode. So have a great time doing whatever you're doing, and, and sit uh, tight. We'll talk to you soon. Arrivederci. Arrivederci.